When Michael got home, everyone was there, including Cassidy, who was learning to cook with Patricia. Michael read the telegram to everyone, and there was an audible gasp when they learned Raven was missing. Patricia, Mary, and Danny secretly crossed themselves and prayed. Do you think Michael will come home? Mary asked. I don't know, said Michael. I think he sees Chicago as his home now. I'm not sure he would want to come back. He may even see it as a defeat. Patrick asked, Um, who, who's going to tell Autumn? Both Michael and Patricia looked at Patrick angrily, and then at Cassidy, who was standing next to him, and then back at Patrick. It's okay, said Cassidy. Patrick has told me all about Raven's background. Michael shook his head. He didn't mean to, said Cassidy. He just began talking when he was wounded, and I started asking questions. I couldn't lie to her, Patrick said. It was better I knew how she felt now rather than later. I'm glad you know, Patricia said, looking at Cassidy. I felt terrible keeping the secret from you. Don't. I would have done the same thing. Well, Patrick asked again, who is going to tell Autumn? I will when I go to the market, Patricia announced. Would you mind if I go along with you? Asked Cassidy. Patricia replied to Cassidy with a simple shake of the head, yes. Are you okay, Danny? You've been so very quiet. Yes, I am. I just miss Michael so very much. We all do. We all do. Patricia said as she instinctively took Michael's hand. We must remember to continue to pray for Michael Jr., Boston, and Katie, but especially Raven. Soul. They're going to need our prayers more than ever. Cassie and Patricia soon left for the market. The rest sat, mostly in his or her own thoughts. Very few words were said. Conversations were started, but quickly died off. There was so much to say, but not the words to say them. Patricia and Cassidy walked along quietly. Finally, Cassidy spoke. I wish I had known Michael Jr. You never met him? I think I did once at church, during the war. But he was so much older than I am. I'm sure he thought I was a little brat. He was probably just in his own world. He's a bit of a dreamer, Patricia replied. They were soon at the market. As they were buying produce and meat, Cassidy noticed that Patricia was avoiding the area where Autumn's stand was. Do you want me to tell her? Cassidy whispered quietly. No. I'm just trying to get my courage up. Finally, Patricia realized she could no longer avoid the issue as she stood five feet from Autumn's stall. She waited until the stand was clear of the customers and then walked up to Autumn with Cassidy. I need to talk to you. She noticed as she said it that Autumn looked a lot older and more worn out than she had the last time she saw her. Her skin, which had been beautiful and the color of honey had become splotchy and with age spots. 
Her hair was now streaked with gray. No, go away. I told you before we can't be seen talking, Autumn said angrily and started to walk away. Patricia stood there frozen in shock. I I'm sorry, but we received a telegram from Chicago this morning, and Raven has been missing since the fire and presumed dead. Autumn stopped and turned round, facing Cassie, who had spoke. What fire? Autumn asked. The fire in Chicago. Cassie quickly realized that Autumn knew nothing of what had occurred in Chicago. She didn't know what to do or say next, and just stared at her shoes. There was an awkward moment of silence. Finally, Patricia's mouth started working. There was a large fire in Chicago. It destroyed much of the downtown area. I heard somebody talking about it this morning, Autumn murmured, but I didn't think anything of it. We're truly sorry. A telegram came earlier this morning. Right now, all we know is that Boston and Katie are okay. Michael was severely wounded, but Raven is still missing. So she still could be alive. Yes, I suppose, but it's been several days and no one has heard from her. But there is always hope. But Autumn looked at Patricia and saw that even Patricia didn't believe what she was saying. Tears started to well up in her eyes and she began to sob, her head in hand, just repeating the word, no, 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 over and over again. Cassidy instinctively reached out to comfort Autumn. Patricia flinched because she could hear behind her men and women muttering, eager lover. She knew Cassie heard it too because his shoulders flinched also, but she didn't stop comforting Autumn. Patricia thought she couldn't be proud of anyone than she was at Cassie at that moment. She was going to make Patrick, a fine wife someday. Finally, Autumn stopped stopping and pulled away. Thank you, Autumn said as she wiped her eyes. You said the children were okay? Yes, the telegram said that they were fine. Good. Did it say what happened, how the fire started? Rumor has it that a cow knocked over a lamp. Oh, Autumn replied still in days. Cassie asked, are you sure you're all right? Yes, I'm fine. I need to get back to work. Thank you for telling me. I know how much trouble it may cause you. Cassie threw back her shoulders, looking proud and defiant. Don't worry about it. I come from sturdy stock. Autumn went back to her stall. Patricia and Cassidy left the market. I'm very proud of what you did. I just did it without thinking. She was someone who was hurting and needed comfort. Still, not everyone would have done the same thing. I know. I kind of surprised myself, to be honest, said Cassidy as she said goodbye to Patricia and headed home. When pa Patricia got home, she told Michael what Cassidy had done. Michael shook his head. I better tell P Big Patrick about it tomorrow, in case there's trouble. 